closer to cleaning ocean garbage? Can a snake do a cartwheel? Is London figuring out how to make airport security less annoying, finally? And did Tyrannosaurus Rex have lips? Get the answers to these questions and more on this week's episode of Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is Ocean Garbage News. This is from interestingengineering.com. And the headline is, Ocean Cleanup Removes 200,000 Kilograms of Plastic from the Pacific Ocean. We did it. That's all of it. That's all of it. We're done. (laughs) We're done. Pacific Let's garbage, go home. garbage patch who? <laughs> so a restoration that that was all sarcasm in case it wasn't abundantly clear. Yeah, a there's re- still a ton of There's still a lot of garbage. So much trash. There's so much. Um, a restoration project officially called Ocean Cleanup. All right. It's pretty, yeah. yeah. Uh, recently passed a major milestone. As per a recent Twitter post, the nonprofit organization has removed to date 200,000 or over 200,000 kilograms of plastic debris from the North Pacific Ocean, specifically from the area of the Great Garbage Patch or whatever it's called. Yeah. Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. During the organization's first waste extraction drive of this year, <laughs> they, I guess they go on like trips and then they like number them and then they. They, like, record how much waste they're able to, like, get on each trip and stuff. So they have all these, like, statistics. But Mm -hmm. on that one, they were able to extract 6,260 kilograms um, of waste from a large pile of floating plastics, which included everything from large fishing nets to tiny microplastics. Um, And then according to a recent research study, over 75% of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch consists of fishing-related plastic waste. Huh. Which I didn't know until yeah, I read interesting. this. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have assumed it was just, like, landfill runoff. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But, hmm. it, yeah, I don't know. That It's a lot of um, fishing practices, I guess, that, that contribute to it. Um, <laughs> waste removal was made possible by a special cleaning system known as System 002. <laughs> They're really bad at naming I know, things I know in, they this, are. in this story. Wow. Um, this system includes AI-powered cameras that continuously scan the ocean's surface in search of the plastic waste. Isn't that cool? Um, I was doing a... Sorry, they, they can't see this. I was, do, <laughs> I was doing this like... You were, you were showing what a surface might look like. The, what, what a scanner might be, might be looking at. I'm doing this like hand motion. Um, for let's, just, for, let's just forget that. No one can see that. Um, so to collect the waste, they use some type of like long U-shaped like contraption um, machine okay. thing that moves slowly like in the water and like tries to like not um, – I'm, I'm still doing hand motions. <laughs> yep, yep. It tries to like – It's helpful for me. <laughs> not um, disturb the wildlife but right. like still get the plastic. That's kind of the goal. Yeah. So – um, the, uh, por- uh, bleh. apparently the company has reported that they have a quote, low adverse impact on the marine life, um, system. Like they actually try to measure this and evaluate this too, like while they're doing this. That's good. Um, and then this article also talked about what happens after the waste is collected. And this organization is trying to take all the plastic that it gets from these efforts and 
funnel that into actual like like repurposing projects, like making it into new products and recycling it. Um, and apparently they, <laughs> I don't know if exactly if it was them or they had a partner thing, but they launched this product called the Ocean Cleanup Sunglasses, which was like a like a sunglasses that they were producing that was made completely from plastic waste that they got out of the ocean. <laughs> so all right, that's that's, that's something. something. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Wonder how long so, it'll be before they scoop one of those out of the ocean. <laughs> it's like then they're scooping those sunglasses. They're like, oh man. Oh, oh dang. <laughs> dang it. My first story this week is snake news. <laughs> and this is from Gizmodo. And the headline is Scientists found a snake that cartwheels away from danger. That's amazing. It's a snake that cartwheels. I mean, in a snake way, because obviously they do not have hands, which are pretty essential to a human cartwheel. Mm. Um, but I think I can imagine exactly you what can a kind snake of picture cartwheel it, right? looks like, it's, like. It just kind of it just kind of like makes a circle with its body and yeah. rolls away. Yeah, it's very it's yeah it's very interesting. <laughs> That's um, so cool. So scientists in Malaysia say they're the first to document a species of snake that intentionally cartwheels. As opposed to accidentally cartwheeling. How did I end up like this? It's amazing. Uh, the behavior appears to be an evasive maneuver used against potential predators and may be common among other similar species. Uh, the acrobatic reptile in question is known as the dwarf reed snake or pseudorabdian longiceps. Uh, it's a small, non-venomous, black to reddish snake found widely throughout parts of Southeast Asia. Hmm. Um, and then, so it said a few years ago, um, study author Evan Sanghwat Kwa uh, spotted a dwarf reed snake actively launching itself into the air and rolling away in a coil-like fashion. Um, but at that time, he didn't have any way to record the behavior, meaning the sighting was purely anecdotal. And apparently some other scientists had seen similar behavior as well, but nobody had ever captured it. Okay. Um, but they said luck would eventually shine upon him and his colleagues in August of 2019 uh, while they were on an unrelated research trip to the mountains of Kedah, uh, Malaysia, and they came across another specimen. Um, and they said when they first found it, it was startled by the scientists and tried to cartwheel away from them <laughs> down down a hilly road. But they were able to capture it and then place it on a flat surface and then... Uh, recorded on their cameras, so they actually got like documented evidence of it of awesome. us doing this behavior. Um, and they said the snakes likely only cartwheel to escape or confuse potential predators because I imagine it would be very confusing to see a snake do this. Um, but uh, they normally just slither like any other snake when they're just moving around. Okay. Um, and the study author uh, hopes to collaborate with scientists who study the mechanics of animal motion to better understand the gymnastics of these snakes. So yeah. It's a cartwheeling snake. Unfortunately, they don't have like a video of it, which is what I was really hoping for. They did have a couple still images, and it is it's kind of like what you described. It basically makes itself like a big circle and kind of rolls away that way and like is able to like launch itself with just its muscles, I guess. Um, that must be so like it must take so much strength mm -hmm. to do that. When I mean, you're... to be fair, like snakes are just like a tube of muscle, basically. So true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, it, it must take a lot of it. I mean, that's probably why they only do it in like to get away from things, but it's a, yeah, it probably takes a lot of energy for them to do it. But yeah, cartwheeling snakes. I think that's just, that's just amazing. 
Wow. I want Incredible. to see this now. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it too. Like videos. Yeah. We need more more Please. documented evidence. <laughs> snake circus. That's what Snake I want. Circus. <laughs> the snake circus. When is the snake circus coming to Ohio? Like, <laughs> we have to, we have to we have to go. Yeah. My next story is airport security news. This is from travelmarketreport.com. <laughs> Very specific. Um, I know, that's so funny. <laughs> because I don't usually because I don't usually go to this website for news, but I found myself there and I found Neither does anybody. Else. <laughs> Well, you know, you know how much I like to to randomly find out what's happening in the aviation technology world, right? It's true, so, actually. Yeah, I somehow find my way to these things. I don't know how. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the headline is: London City Airport becomes first major UK airport to drop the liquid carry-on rule, like the liquid volume carry-on rule. I can finally Be bring through excited. four ounces of liquid. <laughs> Um, yeah, and even more. So the London City Airport, a regional airport located six miles east of London, became the first major UK airport to drop the 100 milliliter liquid rule this week. This means that passengers traveling through there will now be able to carry liquids of, are are you ready for this? Up to two liters. Whoa. In their carry-on. You could bring like multiple two liters of soda. (laughs) (laughs) You can bring Coke and Diet Coke. <laughs> you can have one of each. Just shove them the entire flight. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. If that's, like, when you say two person, liter, that's just where my head. I know. That, that, that's funny. It's like the person that gets excited about this because they can just chug a two liter of soda like on the plane. Yeah. It's not like for shampoo or anything. It's like no, for that. No, that's not, the, that's not my goal here. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so this... Okay, so the liquid rule, at least in the UK, but I think everywhere, was implemented in maybe earlier. I don't know. It was implemented in 2006 in the UK, um, the, like, restrictions on liquids. Um, so if we think about this, we're really almo- – we're almost getting to, like, 20 years-ish of these kind of rules in, in airports. So Over 20 years at this point, I'd um, Yeah, I mean, if it started in – I don't know if it started in the U.S. in 2001 or if – it was in the years following that, but I don't know. I don't know exactly yeah. which year. It's been a long time. But it's been a long time, yeah. So this change was made possible by the addition of new high-tech security cameras at the checkpoints, which the airport says will help its goal of getting passengers through security start to finish in under three minutes. That's their goal, to like make it that quick. You can't even get that with pre-check. <laughs> so I know, yeah, I know, right? So aside from the liquid rule being dropped, the new scanners, well, this is according to this article, the new scanners allow now passengers to keep large electronics, including laptops, in their bags, and your toiletries don't have to be in their own separate bags or anything. Like, basically, you can just like, keep everything in your bag and just go through yeah. the system. Oh, that sounds so nice. Um, I know, right? This is welcome news for travelers who experienced delays at security when traveling through London airports last year. So much so that Heathrow was forced to institute a temporary daily passenger cap because of how crowded it got and people couldn't get through security. Jeez. It's crazy to me. Um, By 2024, more major airports across the UK are expected to follow suit in this way. Um, Trials of these new scanners are now underway at a bunch of other airports, um, including London Heathrow and London Gatwick, which are really big airports around that area. 
Um, so far, there hasn't been any announcement of changes being made in North America, um, but there have been hints that Canada might be looking to implement this soon because I guess their their TSA, which is the CA TSA or CATSA, as I like to call it, <laughs> they they told um, a news organization last year that they were trialing some new security cameras as, as part of their airport security systems, um, but there's been no like official decision about this type of thing or phasing this out. Mm. So, um, yeah. Also they mentioned at the end of this article, they're like the TSA in the U S currently doesn't does allow with pre-check to keep liquids and laptops in your bag. But you know, obviously the, the like volume of the liquid rules still apply. Right. And then also apparently they have ruled officially that peanut butter is considered a liquid. So you can't bring like a jar of peanut butter in your carry-on. Okay. They they felt like that was important to mention here, I guess. So mm. I don't know. In case in case you're flying soon and you wanted to bring a jar of peanut butter with you on the well, plane. Now I'm mad about something I didn't even know I had to be mad about. I can't just have a jar of peanut butter on the plane. What if I want peanut butter? What if I, we, sometimes you need peanut butter. When they give out pretzels on the plane, I want to dip them in peanut butter. Now I'm mad about another thing I never thought about before. <laughs> that sounds so good. Doesn't it? Otherwise, you just got dry pretzels. I just thought of it right now. But you can't. Now I'm sad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you sad. I meant to make you happy, just no. in case you... In case I decide to move to London. In case you got to move to... How does that work if with, anybody like... Listen... Oh, yeah. How does that work with, like, landing somewhere else? Like, I guess they don't check on I, I think it's Yeah, I think so. it doesn't matter. I think yeah. it's just... It's only for, like, when you're entering the airport, yeah. when they check that, so... Makes sense. Basically, if if you're listening to this and you are going to be traveling... In the London area, you can look for these changes hmm. um, soon. So, or at that one airport, it's now, but like soon, it's yeah. going to be there. So, it would be frustrating nice. though if you like flew out of that airport to an airport that like didn't have this, and then you when you fly back, what do you do with all your that's, two liters? Yeah, that's actually a good point. Now that I'm thinking about it, when you do international flights, I'm trying to remember. Like, they might make you like go through security again. Ugh. I don't Airports really are the worst. know. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, this would be so nice. It, I wish they would just drop this rule everywhere because I like, I have a needlessly complicated face routine <laughs> that I do in the morning and evening. And like every, most of the stuff is like below three ounces, but some of it isn't. And like, I have to put that in my pack, like my checked bag. And then inevitably something explodes Yeah, while it's in there and gets all over the other products. And I'm just, it's just the worst thing. <laughs> I have experienced the exact same thing. It's like you always have to put the stuff in like a plastic bag, like something inside so that of a plastic bag inside of in a, a zipper. Bag. Yes, because like, like otherwise it, it has get to be contained because it's, when it inevitably explodes, it's going to be all over all your stuff. Yep. So like I also plan for that when I have to check stuff. It's so annoying. Yeah. I also recently, the last I, I was traveling recently and I ended up like I, in my check bag. I, I had some makeupy stuff that I put in there because it was like liquids and it, um, I had an eyeshadow in there and the eyeshadow exploded. Uh, and so there was like, no glitter stuff like all over. Every- I was like, oh, really? No. Like, are you serious? This is never going to be, this I will can't, never be I have to throw again. all this away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I did like, I didn't have to throw, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just it's glitter. All, everything. Glitter. <laughs> like, Once like, glitter's oh, on something, no. it's never off of the thing. Right. Oh, so the worst. it's just, yeah. Yeah. My next story is dinosaur news. And this is from the New York Times. The headline is 
Imagine T-Rex. Now imagine it with lips. <laughs> That's the headline. It's a great headline. That might be the best headline so far this year. It's it's definitely up I, there. That's like should we start a ranking of the best headlines because that needs to be on yeah. some type of list. I have to I have to remember to do this. Okay. Now imagine it with lips. Uh <laughs> so yeah. Uh, many depictions of Tyrannosaurus Rex show its teeth sticking out even when its when its mouth is closed, uh, just like a crocodile. So, like the classic depiction is its like pointy teeth are like out over its bottom lip or bottom jaw, basically, and that's kind of how it's been depicted in almost every illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a study published Thursday in Science journal not the topic <laughs> uh, researchers posit that tyrannosaurs and related dinosaurs kept their teeth hidden behind lip-like tissue um yeah so while birds are the closest living relatives to theropod dinosaurs their specialized beaks uh still tell or they tell scientists little about dinosaur mouths we don't get a lot from looking at bird mouths obviously they're very different um so <laughs> researchers have often <laughs> have often turned to crocodiles whose exposed teeth poke directly out of the jaw with no lip-like tissue covering them. Um, And this has led many scientists and artists to depict lipless dinosaurs with their teeth constantly on display. Uh, One of the most influential depictions obviously being Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, So, which is like between this and like the feathers on dinosaurs, it's just becoming more and more inaccurate as time goes by. Um, Yeah. But uh, according to the researchers, many theropods' teeth were encased in a thin layer of enamel, and they hypothesized that constant exposure to air would actually make that enamel brittle and uh, more prone to splintering. Um, So, like, crocodilians, for example, wear their teeth down at an accelerated pace. Like, an American alligator can go through 3,000 teeth in its lifetime. Oh, my gosh. They just keep, like, breaking and growing back. Um, while in contrast, uh, tyrannosaurs and other theropods tended to hang on to their teeth for much longer. So, uh, they compared wear patterns between crocodilians and theropods. Um, and they studied like thin cross sections of teeth from an American alligator and something called a despletosaurus, which is apparently a pretty close T-Rex relative. Um, and they found that the enamel on the outer exposed side of the alligator's tooth was often more eroded than the tooth's inner portion. But the wear on the Displetosaurus tooth was different, which they said was a sign that there was likely something covering it up externally. So that's really kind of what they're going off of. Because we've never found, okay. like, the soft tissue of a theropod right. preserved. It's not impossible that that would ever happen, but it's not likely that we will find it. Um so that's really all they can go off of. They also examined the skulls of Komodo dragons and other monitor lizards. They do have like similar teeth, but they have lips. They do have like, like skin that goes down over them. Um, and while these lizards are only distantly related to theropods, they found the relationship between skull and tooth size was similar. Um, and they, they said that likeness dispels any notions that the largest carnivorous dinosaurs would have trouble fitting their teeth under their lips. So this is like, they basically looked at these to be like, it'd be possible basically for yeah, them to have, that makes sense to have this. Um, uh, but not all paleontologists are sold on theropod lips, which is <laughs> such a weird sentence. Uh, so Thomas Carr, who's a paleontologist at Carthage College in Wisconsin, said that the researchers did not account for the bone structure or bone texture of tyrannosaur skulls, 
um, which resembled the leathery texture of an alligator skull right down to where the teeth are embedded into the jaw. So like a crocodile, basically that texture goes all the way down to the teeth. Whereas like if they had lips, it would likely be slightly up and then the lip meat would be down like over the teeth themselves as opposed to going right to the like base of the teeth. Does that make sense at all? I, I, I think I'm gesturing a lot so. too, which is, yeah, again, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I believe, <laughs> I think I get it. I think I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's his argument. Okay. Um, he also argued that the dentin, which is apparently the middle layer of your tooth between the pulp and the enamel. Mm. It's a word I did not know. Um, they said it was more significant. Like that layer is more significant than the, the enamel um, as far as evaluating this. And as a result, he thinks keeping the enamel moist under lips was not essential for maintaining teeth strong enough to bite through bone. Like they could have probably afforded to like have their enamel splinter and still be able to use their teeth. I don't know. Oh. We're skeptical of Mr. Carr, I think. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they said the only thing that could really fully stop this debate at this point may be like a fossilized face of a theropod, which is not impossible, but not likely. Yeah. That we'll find that. Um, but yeah, Tyrannosaurus Rex with lips. Uh, is there a picture? There is a picture. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I'm going to get it because I want you to see. It's not really as upsetting as you think because it's not like it's not like they have like like human puffy. lips. Yeah. Like, right? It's not like they have like. <laughs> they're not, it's not like, like they're like puckering up for a kiss. Um, they just like it's just kind of probably just it's like a little layer of skin just to protect them. Right. Kind of, it right? looks like, weird. I won't say that it doesn't look strange, but. It's not, yeah, it's not like, like, <laughs> just like T-Rex going, because that would be, that would be insane. And I can't open the picture because it's paywalled. Why didn't I save it separately? <laughs> Should I Google it? Okay, I'm, so, this is reasonable, I know it's honestly not that weird. It just sounds weird. I think. Yeah, it just it just <laughs> sounds. Kind of look weird at it. It's just like it looks like a like a like a monitor lizard, or like one of those kind of lizards that just have. They don't have their teeth exposed like a crocodile. Yeah, and actually, now that I see it, that almost looks. It looks like more plausible that that would be what their face looks like. Yeah, actually, I I I don't think it. Like, is totally implausible. It's a little, it's, I mean, it takes some getting used to, I think, but it's yeah. like, it, I don't think it's that weird. You're, you're right. It reminds me of like a monitor lizard or something. Yeah. Like, like we have examples, and I mean, that's what they cited in their, and as part of their evidence. Like, we have examples of lizards where this was the case. So, interesting. Yeah. I thought so. Huh. I'm so intrigued by this. Like, I just it's want to a, be like... It's such an interesting debate because, like, I've never thought about it before. And, like, yeah. why, why would you? You always kind of just accept those, like, artist renditions as fact. Even yeah. though, like, they're making a lot of guesses as to as to how their their actual faces would have appeared. I know. So. It is funny, though. Like, we do just kind of accept that. Yeah, that's okay, that's like, what they look uh, like. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But it does make more sense... I don't know. It, to me, it's almost like it makes more to, to make it look like something that seems more familiar to us like, in terms of other animals that we do see nowadays. Like, it almost feels like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah. Versus like what you think a T Rex look, like, looks like, mm-hmm. which is from like the Jurassic Park right, version. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. very sorry just like to, whoa. Sorry to Steven Spielberg, <laughs> but you might have been wrong on that one. <laughs> yeah, still a good movie though. <laughs> 
Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to share a story about lizard lips or anything else, you can send us an email at nicknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.